With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, VMAC Talks Press. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to today's show. I have with me Scott Leeper. Scott is a contributor to my latest book, or one of my latest books. I have a lot of books going on. (laughs) But one of my latest books, which is entitled Redesign Your 9 to 5. And in this book, Scott explains his journey to becoming a leadership and culture coach. But just as many entrepreneurs experience, Scott underwent another shift in his coaching journey just as the book was being released. But hey, if you're not, if you're not changing, you're not growing, right, Scott? That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> so on July 20th, <laughs> not July 30th of 2020, Scott uh, is launching the Alpha Lima Charlie member portal. So Alpha Lima Charlie is a virtual platform for veteran mindset coaching. This platform is for veterans who, like himself, at one point are or were going through very challenging times. Alpha Lima Charlie is an avenue for military veterans, active duty, and reserve service members to receive coaching on developing a stronger mindset and releasing the toxicity in their lives so they can once again, find their purpose and identify after service in the military. And Scott speaks on this all around. I think the last time I talked to you, you were I think you were talking to me from a hotel room where you had just flown into somewhere to do a presentation, if I'm not mistaken. You had just landed or you were at the airport or headed to the hotel or something like that. So Scott is always going out and about and speaking. Scott's so happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us. Scott, what makes you so successful in a presentation? What's a an immediate takeaway that listeners can have when it comes to just giving it all you've got and walking away like a rock star? I think first and foremost, it's got to be uh, knowing who you're talking to. Um, knowing who you're talking to and engaging with the audience. Like, um, I, I think the most, uh, the most thing, the most successful speakers actually engage with their audience. They ask questions. They, they do some sort of activity, even if it's just, you know, by a raise of hands, uh, blah, 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 right? Um, you know, so, so I think the two big things is just being able to engage with the people that you're, you're speaking to and, and knowing who you're speaking to. If you, if you're not, if you don't, uh, you, you can have the most amazing message the world has ever known, but if that message is not created uh, with the immediate audience in mind, you're going to miss the mark. And so those are two things that I think would, would make somebody very successful in speaking. So you have to be careful about taking things off the shelf or giving canned presentations. You can give a canned presentation because sometimes I know listeners find themselves, some of the listeners find themselves giving the same presentation over and over again. So it's possible to give a canned presentation, but are you also saying that it's important that you tailor that canned presentation in some kind of way for the people in front of you. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like putting on a suit jacket, right? Um, you can go to 
a uh, you can go to a custom suit uh, shop and 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 throw on one of the suit jackets that are that are hanging up. Um, and it might even look halfway decent on you, but if it's not tailored to you specifically, it's not going to look right and it's not going to fit you the way it needs to. And so speaking the same way, like you, you may have, and, and most speakers are going to share their story time and time and time again. And you know, the, the, the general audience, like that's the most insp- inspirational thing that they've ever heard. But to you, like you've said it over and over and over again. The thing is, um, if you're talking to like for me, for example, you know, I talk about my, my, you know, taking my dad off life support, watching, watching him take his last breath because of an alcohol addiction and, you know, going into, um, going into a rehab facility and sharing that story, I'm going to tailor it slightly different for that audience than if I'm speaking to, uh, veterans or I'm speaking to active duty service members or, or you know, whatever, you know, somebody else other than somebody that's currently in a rehab facility for their own addiction, it's going to be tailored slightly different. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Now, how do you immediately get everybody's eyes, ears, hearts, minds trained on you when you get on that microphone? Because let's, let's be honest. As humans, we have a hundred different things going on at once. There are the email messages we need to respond to. There are the phone calls we need to return, the meetings we need to attend, the proposal, proposals we need to submit. It just goes on down the line. And then forget about personal life and taking care of the family and things there. So when people walk into your presentation, all of that is on their minds. How do you get their minds off of all of that and 100% on you? Uh, transparency. It's a hundred percent transparency because, you know, part of the, part of the issue that we're facing with society as a whole too is you know, when it comes to social media, we have the, uh, the, the highlight reel that is social media. And so everybody's showing their best and oh, I just got this new car. Or, I just got this new house or I just did this or, you know, whatever that looks like. But not a lot of people are really going out and saying, this is my dirty laundry. This is, this is my mistake. This is how I screwed up kind of thing. And that's exactly how um, I'm starting the majority of the conversations and in, in the speeches that I have is, um, you know, I talk about me getting kicked out of the Marine Corps. And, I mean, most people, when they serve, they come out with an honorable discharge. And I served for 13 years, I, I and I got an other than honorable discharge. And this was so after my dad had passed away. Um, I wasn't dealing with it very well. Three months later, my son was born and within his first year of life, I was having an affair with my wife. And, and as a result, like my wife and I worked things back out, which is awesome. But as a result, the commander found out and I got kicked out with an other than honorable discharge. And so it, for somebody to be bold enough to come out and say, you know what? I had an affair. I got kicked out of the Marine Corps. This is who I am. Um, and, and it's because of all of those things is why I'm in front of you today. Um, when when you have somebody that can be genuine like that, be transparent like that, be real, everything else kind of goes to the back burner for a moment, and they're like, "Dude, I got to listen to what this dude has to say because he's he is he's he's being real enough to share his dirty laundry. Maybe I could do the same, or or you know, it's it's because of this this man is the most inspiring person I've ever met." Because he's capitalized on his own challenges, and I'm going through my own challenges right now. So for me, that's how I do it. Now, I know, I say now a lot when I start my questions. I just picked up on that, but I digress. I know there are listeners out there who are thinking the same thing I'm thinking in terms of 
How do you determine just how transparent you should be? How do you decide on how much to share? Because yes, we all have the dirty laundry, okay? Mounds of it (laughs) crawling up the walls of the laundry room. But how do you pick and choose what it is you're going to share? It just, it depends on if you, if you've come to terms with it, if you've made peace with it, if you, if, if, if you've accepted it. Um, uh, you know, I promise you this, this, this wouldn't have been a conversation five years ago. Um, cause this had happened six years ago. Uh, six years ago, 20, I was, I was kicked out six years ago. Um, and my dad died in 2012. So between six and eight years ago was during this, this whole, uh, situation that took place. And, and so, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have been, you know, airing my dirty laundry out for the public to know about, uh, because I was still dealing with it internally. I, I hadn't accepted it. I hadn't forgiven myself. I hadn't yeah. made peace with, with my dad's death. Like, you know, and so really you got to determine if, if it's, if it's, if, if you're ready for it to be public information or if it's something that you're still currently dealing with. If you're still dealing with it and let's say you're getting ready to get on stage and you want to share something about, uh, losing a loved one or, or something like that, but, the mere thought of it is making you tear up and, and, and you lose it whenever you talk about it. You're still seeing a therapist or a coach or something for it. That's stepping on stage and speaking about it is not the time to talk about it. Find something that you've made peace with. If, um, you know, you're not going to have a, an audience thoroughly appreciates tears and emotion. Absolutely. But if you are losing it to the point where you cannot compose yourself, and you're in the fetal position in a, in a puddle of tears on stage. That's not the, that's not the space to do that. Right. So you really, you know, making peace with it, accepting it, forgiving the situation. If you've been able to do all of those effectively and, and, and intuitively, you'll know if that's actually the case or not. Um, then you'll be able to, to actually utilize that for a speech. That's incredibly helpful. I even had to jot down, find something you've made peace with because I have my own personal stories where it's taken me many years before I even talk about being adopted. It took me a minute. I was fully into adulthood before finding out for sure. I always thought I was, but before getting absolute confirmation that I was adopted. And then it took me probably about another seven years to even tell people, because like you said, I was still processing that. I was still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that I was not born and given the name Bridget McGowan. Okay. (laughs) I was given another name and then I was given up and so on and so forth. So I would have been that person in the fetal position in a puddle of tears on a stage if I had tried to talk about that right after finding out about it. So that is so key. Find something personal that you can be transparent about that doesn't have you in a ball of a, a, a mess, a hot mess. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and if you look at like right now, like you were just able to talk about being adopted, and and although that was a very snippet, a uh, very very small snippet in our conversation, like you were able to say that and and talk about it without without your your emotions even altering, right? You know, me talking about my dad's death, like yes. uh, and talking about getting kicked out, my 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 emotions didn't even alter. It's not that we don't feel these those emotions, and it's not even that we have to compartmentalize them, but it's. We've made peace with it. We've accepted it for what it is. Yeah. We're, we're moving forward and understanding that that is, um, that, that's, that's a growing, a psychological growing pain that we had to go through. And it's something that actually made us stronger. So, you know, I tell people all the time, your challenge is your gift. And when you can understand that, 
it's happening to you. I'm sorry, it's happening for you, not to you. Um, it makes accepting those things significantly easier, and and then you can start to talk about it more publicly. And you're ready to answer any questions that may come your way. I know for me personally, I was not ready for questions because people that's people will start asking questions, and I'm thinking I have those same questions that I need to feel comfortable with just speaking freely. Uh, so yes. And, and it's not even that you're, like you said, you're not compartmentalizing it. You're not, not being yourself or anything like that. It is yourself and you're just showing the growth that's come yep. from it. Yep. Exactly. When you get in front of a crowd, I mean, you're an ex-Marine. Well, is, do you consider yourself ex-Marine? Isn't, isn't it like once a Marine, always a Marine? Is that it? So yep. yeah, you're a Marine. Darn it. And. <laughs> I would venture to guess very little scares you. Does getting in front of an audience scare you? I wouldn't say very little scares us. I mean, we're still human. Um, yeah. Okay. Going to combat and all that. It's, it's, we're still human. Fear is a very real thing for anybody. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but, uh, honestly, like I remember when I, when, when I, when I have conversations about public speaking, I remember my first, first time I did a speech was like, I don't know, third, fourth grade, something like that. And I did a, I did a, I remember I did a report on sea anemones. And, um, and, and I remember like there was even, they had a camcorder up and it was the old ones with the VHS tapes in them and, you know, the big <laughs> ones, you know, and, and I had the podium in front of me. And, um, and I remember like my, my right eye kept like tearing up real bad and I was afraid kids were thinking that I was crying and because there was other kids in there watching. And like, so I was like kind of like, Shying away like this as I was talking, <laughs> very monotone, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, obviously that would scare anybody. I mean, they say public speaking is is a um a bigger fear than death. And so you're you're you're, you know, in some cases, people would think that you're actually better off if you're in the casket than given the eulogy. But, but you know, so um, but the thing is, like, I, I as I started like actually. Speaking in public and in front of cameras and that kind of thing, yeah, the nervousness was there. Um, but I think what what helped me was the fact that during my time in the service, and I, I became a platoon sergeant and that kind of thing, where I had to address thirty plus Marines on a on a on a fairly regular basis in formation. So you're literally in front of thirty plus people. You, you tend to get used to speaking. Um, and it, but but it's not to say that that fear is never there. That fear um, wasn't there after leaving the service. The fear was definitely there. And and I think it's one of those things when you don't do it for so long, um, and then you do it again, like that fear creeps up a little bit heavier. Um, but it's it's kind of one of those things. It's almost a desensitization. Um, but also understanding that if 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 you're if a part of your mission, whether it's in life, personally, professionally, whatever. Um, it includes public speaking. Um, you have to jump off your comfort cliff and just do it because it's your moral obligation to do it if that's your mission. And so you, you have to jump off that comfort cliff and just do your thing and eventually get used to it. How do you feel 100% confident getting in front of a crowd? Because what if you know there are going to be people out there in that audience who likely know more about the topic than you know about it. How do you deal with just doing it, as you put it? Um, well, I, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, it wasn't necessarily that people 
in, the, in, in this particular situation knew more uh, than me about this particular subject as much as they had experiences. And, and so I was more triggering for them than anything. So um, my first paid speaking engagement was actually for a company that I was fired from. Um, years later, they, he found me, they, my first boss. Okay. So there's a story behind this. I'll tell you. Um, so when I got out, um, when I got out of the service, the first job that I had, I was working as a staffing agent and 10 months or a year later, whatever it was, I was fired from that job. The owner of that company, he's an air force vet. Um, and I didn't necessarily burn the bridge. It just wasn't, wasn't a right fit for me at the time. So moved on years later, after I'd become a coach, uh, he had heard me on, on a podcast that I was on. And uh, he was blown away by what he was hearing. Like this guy that he fired years ago is like, who is this guy? And so he calls me up. We have a conversation and he asked me, he goes, he goes, Hey, um, do you want to be the, uh, would you like to be the keynote speaker for my company Christmas party? And I thought that was pretty funny because I'd just been fired from years ago. And now he wants me to be the keynote speaker for his Christmas party for his company. And so I agreed to it. And we did it. <clears throat> and I shared the story about being, um, you know, kicked out in the affair and everything else. And, um, and so a couple weeks later, I, you know, me and him were having a conversation and I asked him, I said, so, so what, what was some of the feedback on, on the, uh, on, on the presentation? And he goes, you want, you want me to be honest with you? I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, well, some people loved it and some hated it. Okay. Awesome. Now curiosity, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't get offended by that. I, but I was curious. I was like, okay, so, so why did, um, why did they, uh, why did they not like it? And he goes, well, well, um, because, you know, your wife was in the crowd and you're talking about the affair. So they felt awkward because they looked at her and she didn't have any expression on her face. And you're just talking about it openly. And, you know, and so it just, it, it bugged a few people. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And I said, but, but let me, let me explain something. I said, I'm actually a, very appreciative that people didn't like the topic. I said, because it was triggering for them. I wasn't triggering. The topic was triggering. I said, so, so what happened was every speech, every time I talk to anybody, I'm planting seeds. I said, sometimes the seeds get planted in very fertile ground and they sprout immediately. And other times I'm planting bamboo seeds. And he goes, what do you mean by bamboo seeds? I said, well, when you plant the bamboo seed, you don't see anything above ground level for five years. Beneath ground level, you see the, the, the seed taking deep root and then year five, it sprouts four feet a day. I said, so what I did for those people that hated that, that, that speech, I planted bamboo seeds. I said, one day they're going to come into a situation that is going to remind them of me or this speech. And they're going to realize I can take something from that speech now. I said, so. It doesn't really bother me that people hated it as much as I understand the seed that's planted is going to take longer to grow than some others. Now, when it comes to, um, you know, other people knowing more than me, like, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran mindset coach and I haven't seen near the amount of things that some vets have. Um, and, but, but the thing is, it's not really even about necessarily the fact that I have to see the most or do the most or know the most. As much as maybe I can share one tidbit of information with somebody in that audience that might make them just one percent better, and if that if I do that, mission accomplished, right? So, uh, but knowing that you know if I just make an impact in one person within that crowd, 
you know, I, I will have done my job. And that's, and, and that, uh, that's never failed me yet. I want you to think about presentations you've seen or heard over the years, over the decades, whether they were web-based, in-person, keynotes, workshops, it doesn't matter. I want you to think about the best presentation you ever heard or saw. Mm. What did that speaker do that made that presentation so incredibly memorable? So there's there's two speeches that now stick out in my mind. And the first one was a video that I watched when I was going through all my stuff. And it just so happened that he was talking about, um, if, if you're familiar with the guru speech, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Um, and that was right in the middle of me going through, um, through all of my stuff. And the thing is, what really stuck out to me was this guy was not being monotone. This guy was, this guy was talking with every part of his being and he had just a little piece of paper in his hand. And he was just speaking from the heart. And because he was just speaking from the heart, he didn't have to do anything special because he was reaching me already. He was speaking with emotion. And he was speaking with emotion because he went through um, his own struggles, his own challenges, homeless from the ages of 16 to 18 years old in a, in a very nasty city. Um, and um, and so, you know, he, speaking from the heart, he you knew that that was his mission because – it was it was his mission that was driving him, and and he was speaking to to kids in a in a, in a college classroom, and these kids are gonna get a college degree in in four years, and it took him ten years to get a bachelor's. Thing is, he even called it out. He's like, listen, I don't care if he got if, if it was four or ten years, I still got it right. And so you know, and, and so in, in looking at the, you know, well, could they know more or be more successful than than me? You know, in that case, it really doesn't matter because. Because he was speaking from the heart and not here, not from the not from the head, not from the head, from the heart, right? Um, it, it's your your head has no has no answers, your heart has no questions, right? And so, because he was speaking from the heart, his message was delivered extremely effectively to the point like I can almost pinpoint that to the catalyst moment when I started making changes in my life. And then the second one was um, from a mentor of mine that passed away last year. Um, heard him speak, uh, first time I went to a coaching conference and, um, he had, uh, there was even one point. So I, I learned a lot of speaking from him and, uh, he, he had, he had engaged the audience, but he was telling stories. Now story, you've heard me tell a couple stories in, in this scenario in our conversation here. And, and it's, it was a story that really stuck with me. He, he shared stories about his life and the challenges that we, he went through and, and, and admittedly like, so he was using humor too. And that's one of the things that like I got to learn is to somehow implement humor. Um, sometimes it happens inadvertently, but other times when I try, it just comes off very awkward and like a dad joke or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> we um, can talk about that. Right. I have, I have a solution. We can talk yeah, later. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, but he, um, just the way he delivered his stories, he was able to, to relate to the crowd. And I remember he, he even, he looked me directly in the eyes. I was, I was sitting in like, I don't know, the second or third row and he looked me directly in the eyes and his words were, you can't listen to the naysayers. And that stuck with me, you know, and, and, and I mean, we didn't know each other from Adam. So it's not like, like he, he knew where to pinpoint me in the crowd, but I also think things happen for a purpose. 
Um, and so I think that he, that was very, very intentional. Uh, he knew the direction to look kind of thing. Um, and so, so those are a couple examples that stick out in my mind. I had to jot down, you can't listen to the naysayers and to everybody out there listening. That's so incredibly important because it doesn't matter on what topic you're speaking, what time of day, day of the week. It doesn't matter. You are going to have somebody in that audience who doesn't like what you're saying. Either they don't like the content, they don't like the manner in which you're presenting the content, or there's something else going on. Or, or it's or it's somebody that's that's wanting to become a speaker and and somebody that's just getting you know just starting to make their own videos with their you know in their camera phone or you know whatever like you're gonna have people that are closest to you tell you that you can't do it. Um, I, I remember I was a personal trainer before I even became a a coach. I was a personal trainer, and I I had been a personal trainer for about a year. And when I, I started first gym, I started working at. Just became a personal trainer. Had never been a personal trainer before. Had never went and sought my own clientele before. And I made this gym twenty thousand dollars worth of of uh, personal training packages in the first two months that I'd ever been a personal trainer. And so when I told the guy that that was running that gym that I was branching out, he goes, "Well, um, I think we're friends enough for me to tell you that I I don't think you can do it." Oh, um, well, we're not uh, we're not good enough friends then, clearly, because. Uh, and you haven't been paying attention to my actions because, um, yeah, otherwise you would know that what you just said just threw kerosene on my fire. And, oh, by the way, remember I made you that $20,000 worth of uh, personal training packages the first two months I've ever been. And so, you know, this guy, like, acted as my friend. And, and you know, it's kind of like the, old, you know, old Caesar at Two Brute kind of thing. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just, you know it's going to just just – Prepare yourself that it's going to come from unexpected sources, but if that's your mission, it doesn't matter who says what as long as the, 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 you're leading from your own heart saying this is what I got to do regardless of what anybody says. Scott, they hate you because they ain't you. Isn't that it? <laughs> that's it. That's it, it could be a scenario where they're sitting wishing they were doing what you are doing, where they're sitting wishing they had that courage, they had that motivation, they had that fortitude to step out and say, you know what, I've never done this before, I'm scared as all get out of a microphone, but I am going to get up here and give this a try because I have a message that's worth putting out to the world. So they're, they're wishing they could do what you do, but the only way they know to to respond is to find some kind of negative way to make themselves feel better for not stepping out on faith. I don't, I don't think you can do it. Just translates into, I just don't think I can do it. Bingo. There you have it. There you have it. Scott, what's something that would surprise our listeners or something that would surprise people who've seen you speak before, heard your message? Um, well, I've been told um, a few times that, um, as a matter of fact, it was even stated in a keynote speech uh, at a coaching conference that I was um, that I, I seemed to break all um, what's the what's the um, stereotype. I, I seem to break every every you know uh, tough guy stereotype um, because you look at me and I look like I you know belong on on a Harley. 365 days a year, which I do love Harleys, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I've had my fair share. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, 
when it's the it's the the, the don't uh, judge a, a book by its cover kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when when people take a moment and start speaking with me, they realize like, oh my god, like this dude like cares with every part of his being, and um and even to the point where you know I do jujitsu and I and I spend a lot of time in the gym and and that kind of thing like, but I'm I come from the school of thought that and it's not really a school of thought it's just actual it's it's reality where you know a true alpha doesn't necessarily need to um fight everything with uh with violence um somebody can can completely bash me and and uh you know tell me that what i'm doing is worthless or whatever and i'm going to try to find out where that anger is actually coming from instead of telling them that you know they they uh you know kiss my tail or you know whatever whatever the typical response is Right. And so, um, so that, but then also, um, people are, are, are blown away whenever I'm, I'm as transparent about my dirty laundry as I am. And they're like, and a lot of times what happens is when it, when it happens, when, when I start talking to somebody, I just meet and I share something, you know, you know, about the, the affair or getting kicked out or whatever. And all of a sudden they're opening up about something. They're like, it's, it's, it's like they're, it's, it's coming out and them not even knowing it. And they're like, I can't believe I just shared that with you. And I was like, well, that's because I've shared something very um, intimate about me um, that told you that I'm not going to be judgmental towards you, right? So I think those are some things that, that would probably surprise some people. It's, and it's already proved, like, they've already said that they've been surprised. So, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. It reminds me of uh, going to an RV show this weekend with my husband. And I would tell people, that was going to an RV show and they're like, uh, you, okay, yeah. I was like, what's strange about that? I'm going to look at some RVs. <laughs> you some of these RVs? I saw some this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, but anyway, they're, they're pretty more impressive than I thought. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew they would be nice, but I was really like, whoa, this is pretty cool. So. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm from, just down the next town over from Elkhart, Indiana, which is the RV capital of the world. So, you know, we see them constantly. It's a big manufacturing town, a ton of RV factories. So, yeah. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Never judge that book by its cover. Listen, Scott, you have been absolutely fantastic. Any last pieces of advice our listeners need from you? Listen, if um, if you're thinking, if you're remotely thinking about owning the microphone, just own it. Just do it. You're going to have the naysayers. You're going to have the people that don't believe you, and it's going to come from the most unexpected resources. However, if it's your mission, just follow your heart and just do it. Be Love honest. it. Follow your heart. Yep. Love it. Follow your heart. Just do it. And Scott, you, what do you typically speak on? I know I kind of alluded to it in your introduction, in your bio, but what do you typically speak on? So right now my big focus is better in mindset coaching. So again, yeah. so here in, in on on the thirtieth, I'm launching um, the Alpha Lima Charlie member portal, and and a lot of my speaking right now is geared towards the member portal and creating content for that. Um, and so I haven't done any public speaking recently, other than that. Uh, and so, but a lot of that is just is coaching concepts around um, you know finding your purpose, finding your identity, and, and enjoying life as a veteran after you leave the military. So. That's the big focus right now. I'm still, um, will occasionally speak on addiction as well because of my book, Drowning in Addiction, Sink or Swim. Um, so, so yeah, so those are some things that I'm speaking on currently. Fantastic work you're doing. Thank you for all you do, Scott. Thank you. 
And thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you always own the microphone. You've got this. Hey.